Can you make a plan and still be okay if it changes or completely falls apart? Listen as the gals explore letting go and letting God. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Happy holidays! (laughs) Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bell rock. Here it is, the beginning of December. Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. (laughs) How are your holidays going so far? Um, so far, so good. You know, it's always at the beginning that I get to say that. It's usually not until, uh, let's see, January 2nd, where it all lands. (laughs) How was that? Right. Every year, something different. Yeah. This year, especially, lots of people have wondering what's really going to happen during the holidays, what's happening in our lives, what's happening in the world. There's a lot of places where we just don't know. And yet we want to know everything so much all the time. And I feel like that's the basis of human suffering. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, trying to just find out what's going to happen so we can make a plan. Right, Krista? Yeah, so we can feel safe, I think. Ultimately, that's what we're wanting. Like, if we make a plan and it happens and we do all the right things to make sure it happens, then we'll be safe. Then we'll be happy. Right. And it's based <laughs> on that fundamental belief that we can possibly know what's going to happen. So this year, we're having a lot of fun with that because most of us are very clear. We have absolutely no idea what's coming down the pike. We don't know shit. We don't know nada. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing's happening here that we know. We could have a full-on lockdown on Christmas Day. We could be we could be released to the wild. We could See, be I... able to travel. We could not be able to travel. All sorts of things could be happening. Anybody else relating to like, how do you make a plan when there's nothing to base your plans on? And see, I think I'm finding so much freedom in this because I think that in the past, I've tried to make all of these plans and I would see the outcome like, if the outcome is this, then I will be successful. Then my family will be proud. Then I'll be deemed good. Like, there was all of this, like, structure to my plans. Right. And now I'm just, like, making plans to make myself happy for the for the moment, for the right here, right now. And it doesn't have anything to do with the structure. It doesn't have anything to do with even having to turn out at all like I think I want it to. And so, I think that's been the beauty of this year for me is that it's been complete freedom from any structure, any, oh, it has to turn out this way in order for me to be happy or to be good or to be successful or blah, blah, blah. Like right. That story is gone. Right. So now what's interesting is that we're all in the same boat. Um, some of us paddling harder than others, maybe. <laughs> some of us going in circles. Row, 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 row your boat, boat. <laughs> into the holiday season. Um, so <laughs> what we're thinking about or into 2021 is 
So now that we find ourselves in a place, all of us, where we're acknowledging the truth that's always been true, which is we really don't know what's going to happen in five minutes, Mm -hmm. how do we navigate? Because we need to make a plan. We do have to make a plan of some kind. I mean, we don't have to. It's true. We could just live day to day and plenty of people who are in the more spiritual sort of walk of their life don't make plans. But when you have kids, when you have families, when you, you make plans. The question is, the burning question is, since we're so aware we don't know what's happening, how are we with our plans? What that's the question is, can we make can we make our plans first of all in a situation where we don't know what's going to happen? And then can we kind of let go of them at the same time to see okay, I want this to happen, but I can see why this might not happen. Can I be okay? Either way, mm-hmm. there's the yeah. question. I feel like right now I'm making this like the plan. My plan is I see myself rowing gracefully down the stream. And it's like, but can I be okay if the reality that I get is the Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> no. If you hit that iceberg, Which what's going to happen? <laughs> right. And even, even just so many things could change. They could change in a way that we like. And other people don't like. For instance, let's say there's a time when when we just had an election and there are things that changed based on that. Things are going to change in 2021 based on that. But we still don't know what they're going to be. We still don't know how is it going to affect our taxes? How much, what's the stock market going to do? How much, how many plans can we make for going away and um, finding new things in our lives? Like, what? is going to happen is a completely elusive scenario. I, I would have been I would have been paralyzed by that a couple of not a couple of years ago, but probably like say 10 years ago. I would have been completely paralyzed in the unknowing. 5 years ago, I'd have been like, "Okay, yeah, I wish I knew." And so I'm like kind of going back and witnessing how I've changed just within myself. Obviously, the world is the same. It still has its challenges and ups and downs, but within within inside of me, I've become more just like, I don't know, relaxed in it all. Like, I used to put so much pressure, I think, on the plan for it to be something. And and I think that has to do with even like the holidays. Oh, I plan to have a fantastic holidays. Well, my last three holidays were shit. You know, we had the fires in Ojai. I had a really bad breakup, the second one. And then last year, there was drama on a family trip. I mean, they just weren't great. So it was kind of like, why do I keep trying to plan these perfect holidays when I don't even know what that looks like? <laughs> what would be what would be a perfect holiday know. for me? I'm not even sure. Yeah, <laughs> maybe and- to be alone, which is my, <laughs> what I might get this year because Mister right here right now has told me that you know he'll be heading off to Bali before Christmas. No. Whether that happens or not, you know, I, I've been hearing every month that oh, now yeah, this month I'm leaving, this month I'm leaving, so. I'm not going to, okay, I got upset the one day when I thought that was actually what the day was going to be. But now I'm just in the, okay, I'm not going to get in the upset part for two reasons. One, because it hasn't happened yet. And two, if that's what's happening, that's God's plan. Yeah, well, so let's talk about that for a second, because we we really honestly— it's really a good thing to be able to make plans for your life, right? You want to make plans for your business. You want to make plans for your mm-hmm. life. You want to make plans for your love and taking vacations and feeling good and all those things. You really want to make plans. It's kind of cool. Like I can even yeah. say, you know, I really want to have 
um, I want to have some of my family here from England on Christmas. Mm. Like, I really want them to come. I want the little girls, and I want to see them, and I don't want them to grow up another year without seeing them. Mm. So I have this plan. (laughs) I'm coming. (laughs) And then I know that I really, really, really don't know what's going to happen. And it reminds me, this is this is the thing that I just remembered, is my son went to a school um, that was led by the philosophy of a man named Krishnamurti, which some of you may or may not know. And he had such a powerful statement that has stayed with me since then. And the reason I think it stayed with me was that it was a really emotional day. And I was trying to get my family packed for a trip. And we had kids and suitcases and all this stuff. And it was not going well. And there was a lot of forcing and pushing and crying and things like that that happen when you're getting ready for a family trip, the fun stuff, right? (laughs) And I don't know what captured my attention, but somehow this reading came across my, I don't know, consciousness in some way. And it said Krishnamurti sitting on this bench. And it just says underneath it, I don't mind what happens. Hmm. And I was like, what? And it it struck me because we were rushing to the airport and there was just, and I was like, okay, what if we miss our flight? So what? What if we never go? Right. And in that moment, it was like it dropped in. Like it was like a little love bomb that like blew up all this tension and pressure and everything else. And all of a sudden we were like, I was, I changed. Mm -hmm. I had this sudden moment where I was like, revelation. I'm going to take all the pressure off the situation. I am going to stop being <laughs> this crazy, crazy maniac. Uh, so attached to my point of view of how this has to happen. Right. And I'm going to let go. So, you know, we got to the airport on time. You know, we got an airplane and you know, we went on vacation, but we were a much <laughs> happier family than when the chaos of who I am was showing up, forcing the result to happen. That's just one way it can happen, right? Which then just perpetuates that, you know, throughout the rest of the trip. Oh, God, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's the, you know, I love that line, I don't mind what happens. And so when he told me that that was when he was planning on leaving, I minded in that moment. Right. Okay? And it minded because I made it to mean so many things. You don't love me. You don't care about my needs because you're leaving before the holidays and New Year's and our anniversary and my birthday and you must not care. And like that so wasn't his thinking at all. It was like the furthest thing from his thinking, but I made a story. And so I actually minded in that moment what happened. When I got rid of my story that him leaving on that date actually did not mean all those things, then I was able to move into, okay, like take all that meaning off and how is this going to serve me? Right. This is happening for me. God's specifically planning this to happen. Okay. Well, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be selling my house. Yes, I. my plan is, my plan is to move to Bali. My plan is now to do it sooner rather than later. So I started going, well, if those are formulating as my plan, then it makes sense that he needs to go and start setting some things up there, and I need more free time without him around to now do all of these things that I'm going to need to do in order to actuate the plan, actualize so, the plan. Exactly. So you go from thinking you're being unsupported by the universe who isn't supporting right. your small plan to right. realizing that there is actually a plan 
a foot that is bigger than us. And that's why we call it letting go of our small ego plan and letting the universe show up. Now, what it can show up sometimes was in my situation where it showed up as everything worked out because I stopped being mm-hmm. so, so crazed. But it also is always going to work out. It's always going to work out when we let go. So now that Mr. Right here right now has changed his plans, he has mm-hmm. changed his plans and the universe has organized itself around again. You're like, oh, huh, this is for me. This is for me because it could mean, oh, here I was putting out, oh, I won't be able to move there until June. Now I'm like, fuck it. Maybe I'll be there by February. I don't know. Like it it shifted something in the my um, in my plan. <laughs> <laughs> And, but it wouldn't have shifted if I would have continued to grip the the small ego plan, which is, but what about our anniversary? I wanted to spend it together. And of course, yeah, I do. But his reasoning was so much the bigger plan of like, we're setting up this new life. So here I was getting stuck on an anniversary, whereas he was thinking ahead to the big life change and like this whole other thing that we're creating. Right. And there is a way to value both. Like, you know, to me, there was a part of you that was disappointed about not having this romantic moment together. So Mm -hmm. inside me, what I hear is, how else can I have that romantic moment? Can we do it on the 15th of December? Can we do it on the full moon? Can we do it on another and create a different anniversary? Or the, the leaving celebration, whatever, that is actually going to be more special because it's not attached to some dumb date that you met him in a bar. You know, it's like it's attached right. to an intentional. <laughs> Come on, that's not a dumb date. Is that how that take, happened? Take that back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't a dumb date. It was a great date. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I meant was the date is not important. It's the intention. Right. So we, you can still have the intention behind your plan. Like Krista, you just said, oh, I got clear. He's going now. Oh, that helps me get clear that whether I go with him or not, I'm still going. Oh yeah, it like it it put it in my it seeded that idea like very solid. Yeah, very, so now you solid. hear it's like somehow maybe the support is you getting on your team and not even playing half of a team. Like at this point there you guys don't have a plan to be that's what you're doing by moving together to Bali. It's you want to be together in Bali, but you're not right. moving, moving together, together to Bali. Right. So it's like, right. it's a different thing. So then you had to look at that and go, oh, do I still want to go? Absolutely. And I'm going fully whole by myself with... Because the old me wouldn't have done that. The old me would have been like, oh, if you don't want to move there with me and live with me and do all this with me, and if it's not together, 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 then I'm not going... It would have... I would have contracted in it, right? I would have been trying to control it. And this is just like, oh, if we decide not to live together, that must be for the best reason. If we're supposed to be on two different planes, great. It just, I'm letting each, I swear, it's like each day I feel it being just ripped off of me, like let go, let go, let go. And putting the meaning on the, the holiday dates was just another way in which I was setting myself up for disaster. Yeah, it's especially like when you have a partner. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but especially when you have a partner for whom those things aren't important. If you have an agreement exactly. that those things are important and you have family gatherings and you've just created that, you right. can still have your plan completely fouled up. Like, notice this year. Notice what happened at Thanksgiving. Notice what's happened at weddings. I do weddings this year. I'm doing elopements this year. 
Mm. No more than six to nine people are allowed to attend. You know, we're doing them in the most spectacular, beautiful way. And what have we found out? How intimate it is to only have six to nine people at a wedding. Mm. Even how even more intimate, I just got chills from this, it is to have only two plus the minister that are getting married. Like that to bring in spirit, right? It's like, I just saw one of my friend's daughters got engaged and there were only four people at the engagement party and they were all six. They were all related, her sisters Mm -hmm. and parents. And it was like, that was so beautiful that you would go to all that trouble for six people, that you would create this beautiful party and celebrate just the same way. And yet it's not less Spirit's showing us it's more. It's more, it's more intimacy. Because the connection's deeper. So deep, so beautiful. And this is what we're finding with these weddings, too. So the curious part is look at how we think we know what's best for us, and then look and see what happens. Yeah, because those brides could be like, I didn't get the dream wedding oh. that I like, wanted for my whole entire—like, they could look at it that way. Or they could see it through the lens that you just presented, which is, look how intimate, look how special, look how connected the most important people in your life are there. You have to be super choosy in, you know, who you're bringing in, which when I, when you were saying that, I was like, wow, that just felt like super clean energy where I feel like a lot of weddings, you've got all the bridesmaids and the groomsmen, you've got all this chaos and the bickering and the decisions and the things not happening on time, like just all of that stuff. And it, it just the energy feels dirtier. Whereas thinking of like six to nine people who are really, they know their presence there is seen and important. Yeah, They don't just feel like one of 200 people like in a room. And it's not just an opportunity to get laid by the bridesmaid. Right. Bride, you know, it's <laughs> like all that, you know. And, and the other thing that I really want to say, and you touched on this before, is it's okay to be disappointed because you're human. It's okay to have been attached. Now, the funnest way to do it is not be attached, so you can just go, okay, what's next? But that takes a lot of learning and a lot of discipline, and honestly, a lot of experience, because when you first start thinking about this, when you really first start exploring this, it's really hard to learn to get unattached to the outcome so that you can let the outcome that's really supporting you show up. So maybe this is the perfect time, Krista, I know you have entertained this too, for you to have some form of connection with your kids before you go that doesn't include your new partner. Because maybe that's just not exactly what would give you the intimacy and the sharing of the love. And we know that spirit, this spiritual life is all about love. It's all about how can we experience more love more deepening of our connections, more kindness, more compassion, right? Because my initial thing, though, when he told me the date, it was, you know, the pattern is to contract, yeah, to disappoint. withdraw my love from him, disappoint, like, oh, you're going to do that to me? Well, guess what? I'm going to withhold my love. And I had to just, you know, three years ago, him telling me he was missing all these dates would have crushed me. It would have, I don't know if I would have recovered from something like that. And now it was like, Yeah, it was like a day or two of like, okay, well, that wasn't really what I wanted. And I did have a day of like crying and kind of freaking out because my humanness was, you know, again, it was assigning all those meanings to it. But when I let that just, when I let that go and just went returned to the love, I was like, okay, how can I love this person more? His 
desire for 10 months now has been to get to Bali. Right. And it hasn't, he hasn't been able to make it happen because of what's going on in the world. And he's having to so let go I, and let go and let go. That's right. <laughs> but if I want to love him more, wouldn't I want him to be where he wants to be? Exactly. Exactly. And that's not possession. Non possession and attachment. But in order to do that, I, there was a part of me that felt like I had to, originally, that felt like I had to give up something of myself in order to, you know. Tell them, sure, go, whatever you need. Yeah, because you were, you're still, you were still getting clear what love is like, what love is. Love is not possessive, right? Love is kind, it's patient, it's considerate, it's devotion to wanting another person to be happy. Right. And if you can just so hard, <laughs> it is because we are oriented. And I, I would say this though. It's not hard when we're in our hearts. It's hard when we're in our egos. Yes. When we're in some kind of survival pattern, which many of us, of course, get triggered into, us included, we're not pretending we're better than anybody. But when we get into these ego patterns, we lose our ability to be flexible. And if there's anything 2020 has taught us, it's be, be clear in your be clear in what it is you want to do. Like, I want to be loving. What is your path? What is your message? And be loose with how you do it. Don't get attached to the how, because honestly, spirit's in charge of the how. This grand universe that has, we have had all of these amazing physicists, quantum physicists, who can tell us this universe is organized. It is not chaotic. It has a flow and an energy about it of organization. And when you pay attention to the good, the flow of love, it actually is organized around that. So when we can get, what is it? Who is it that calls it our bloated nothingness? I can't remember oh, which, never which spiritual <laughs> text that is, might be in the Bible. If we can get our bloated nothingness out of the way and let our spirit lead, we can find out that truthfully we will get much more of what we want and much less of what we're forcing and pushing and being tense about getting, right? Which to me, yeah, to me is that um, that's represented in the structure. And I think for me, this whole year has been about each month, it feels like a different societal structure has been let go of for me, whether it's you know, the way I view myself as a coach, the way I view myself as a mother, as an ex-wife, as a daughter, all of, I'm just taking like, I've been looking so deeply at how I've been making decisions for myself from all of those structures. And when the structure started crumbling, it was almost like, oh, thank God. Now I like have permission. And it's like, I gave myself permission to start making these decisions only from what I deeply, deeply desire. And I know this can come off selfish, but I call it, I think you call it, self-honoring. So this year has been a whole year of returning to self-honoring and really um, giving myself a break when I'm making decisions that aren't going to necessarily align with the way in which the world has said it needs to be done in the past. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting, as you were talking about that, I'm reminded of this whole idea of being really present to what we're choosing. And there are two aspects of that. One is that we must be here for ourselves. Women especially get caught in a martyr complex if we don't treat ourselves the same way. But this, the, the sentence that's been with me so much lately is this idea that, you know, that that the— I'm going to use this reference, a Christian reference, because it's one in my story, but it's not the only one in religion, is when you say love your neighbor as yourself, it's the actual—if you actually listen to the way the sentence goes, it means your neighbor is yourself. You love them as yourself, which means you must love yourself and love them. So if I do something to you, if you are as me, it means I'm doing it to myself. So first, you start with, make sure your cup is full, and then bring that same love out to everyone else. The only way you can do that is if you're standing in a place that we call presence, right? You Mm -hmm. step into this moment. You take your plan with you into this moment, (laughs) and you say, wow, the universe is actually saying no to this. God is saying no to this. I can't get out of my driveway. I had a really interesting situation when my father passed that five different fail-safe helpers didn't show up. And I went through the whole process with my father by myself. And I knew at the end of that process that that was a spiritual imperative for me to wake up to the power of what was going on between my father and I, to live through the experience of it, and to come out the other side more whole, more fully embodied, more like a a full person without my father. So if, I mean, seriously, when five systems fail, hospice didn't show up, the hospital didn't show up, the nursing home didn't show up, my brother didn't show up, like nobody showed up. So... And that was perfect. It was, it was the us. exact thing that was supposed to be happening. And it wasn't easy. It was extremely painful. It was scary to be with someone alone who's dying. But mm. the release and the awareness and the connection that it brought for me, so much more love, so much more connection than I could have ever had. Now, I'm not actually sure I would call that in again because it was super <laughs> intense. But I have to admit, after a couple months of trauma therapy, I had to admit that it honestly was the best thing that could have happened for us. And for him, not just for me. He went out in a way that he needed to go to complete his journey on earth. And you know it was the best because that's what, what happened. happened, you know? It's exactly true, I love that. The only yeah. way that the universe works is that what happens is what what is meant to happen. So when we can just let go and say, wow, I have no idea what's going to happen here, mm-hmm. but I see that my car won't start. Hmm. Now what? We start acting. See, you know, here, so like I would say like a month ago, I was making these plans to potentially sell my house and potentially move and who knows what the timing would be. And there was all this stuff that I felt like had to align in order for me to make this 
next phase happen. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that if I waited for all those things to fall into place, it just probably would never happen. You were never going to go. <laughs> yeah. And, right. and I was like, I was trying to make business decisions and when to launch programs and when to, you know, to take vacation. You know, I was trying to make all of these plans and it was dependent on whether the kids are going back to school and what's going to happen in the world and <sighs> things we our country's going to be up. All this stuff that I could know. And I was waiting to plan, I'll just say with my business stuff, until I had those knowings on all those things. Right. And, and also then the plans with my family had a lot to do with, oh, are they going to have high school graduations? Oh, you know, are they going to go back into the classroom? So, and oh, is that bad if I don't end up at, graduation. So I had what I saw happen over the last month is almost like a deprogramming of my mind of all of the things that I was judging myself for in those decisions. That's what I've been letting go of so that I can make, so I could start making these next plans and decisions, not from the scared, not from the old system and the old paradigm and all the old beliefs, but from like updating to what's happening right now in the world. Yeah. And yeah. and so what that did is all of a sudden I got it was like I was able to get ahead of the decisions and go like, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to start making the steps that I want and I'm going to let the universe align to me. Like I'm going to let my plan, God's plan for me will unfold from that. But I got to start putting a, you know yeah. one foot forward. I got to just start putting dates on the calendar and you know making certain moves for the business with the intention that all is going to be well. Yeah, that's really great. That's absolutely true. You know, and I grew up in the Middle East. Some of you may or may not know that. And in the Arab language, um, it is also used in the Sufi tradition. In that culture, every single thing you plan, including, hey, I'll see you tomorrow, is always encased in this little prayer that sounds like this. It's called inshallah. And what that means is God willing. So in a culture, and, and what's surprising to Americans, I think, is that in a culture that we characterize as godless or radical or anything like that, which it is not totally, is certainly some factions of it are just like we have some pretty crazy out there factions in our world. But in the culture itself, that everything that you say you're going to do, every time you say you're going to show up, it is always accompanied by God willing. And that's mm-hmm. what Chris and I are saying today. Here's our plan. We're going to act on life. We're going to say, I don't care. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with school next year. So I'm going to make the plan I need to make for my business. I'm going to show up for my kids. I'll either come home or go around the block or buy a new house or do whatever I or have Zoom, to do or, or whatever. Zoom or, yeah. Yeah. Zoom. Thank God. I just want to bless the people at Zoom. But whatever it is, it will be okay. I need to God make a plan really. and it may not happen. So can I get behind that? And it makes so much freedom, right? You hear it in my voice. You probably hear it in Chris's voice. It's like, instead of trudging down this road of it has to, it has to go my way. I have to, it's like, let 
God be in charge. Let it's too much just, responsibility. It's I don't too know hard. That fucking responsibility. God willing. <laughs> like inshallah. Like whatever. Like, if I'm supposed to do that, it'll happen. God willing. Exactly. I don't have to push. I don't have to force. I don't have to cry. You know, all that stuff that you were talking about earlier. If I'm doing that, that means I am forcing my will. Right. As if you, you know. know. You have the grand plan, right? You know how much love is going to get expressed. And this is really an interesting thing to consider is, is your life about how much love that you get to express and receive in a lifetime? If that's what life is for, if you just think about it from that angle, there is nothing more satisfying than to be loved and to love, to give and to receive in all the ways that we do it. Family, friends, lovers, partners, dogs, cats, and trees, and sky, and all the rest of it. If our intention every day is to love as much as we can love and to grow as much as we can grow in that love, then that bottom line can never be taken from you. That intention is always with you, and then you synchronize with a universe whose intention it is the same thing, to have you be the most loving and enjoy your life and to allow things to unfold in a perfection that you will never see. That's the word that was just coming through to me is like fun. Yeah, It's so much more fun Light. To be in the flow, to be light, and to just surrender to God's plan. Because if I make this plan to move and and I go, oh, it has to turn out this way. We have to live together. We have to do all these things together. We have to be this or that, and this is true. If I put all of that on this next phase, then what happens if it changes? Have I failed? Have I made a mistake? Was I dumb to sell my house? Like, I have to then start judging my plan. And so, when I start thinking of in that way, then I get paralyzed and it makes it hard to then move forward and do anything. But when I think of, wow, okay, I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to move there and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know if I'm going to sell my house. (laughs) I don't even know if I'm going to sell my house, God willing. (laughs) God, you know, I'm really willing to have that happen. (laughs) You know, and I might move to Bali and we might, you know, get there and both meet other people. And can, instead of we look, instead of looking at that as a failure or a mistake or I shouldn't have done that, can I be like, well, I don't know, sounds fun, whatever. Like, can I just be in the moment and know that? Even the things that I feel like aren't working out are working out. And then to have fun with it. It's like a game. Yeah. Can you treat it that way? Can you really be willing? And that's the thing that we talk about is like you make this plan, but you hold it loosely. You don't grab a hold of it and force it into being. If it doesn't want to happen, let go. If it doesn't want to come in, let go. We, we have, in certain situations, it's just ripped out of our hands, right? We just have no choice. This year is such an example of that. We've had jobs taken away, livelihoods taken away, and yet other people have had huge growth and expansion and joy and love expressing in their lives in ways that they've never had before. So we do not know the probably the number one way to not get what you want in life, truly want, deeply want is to hold on to what you think you should have as hard as you can until it almost kills you. And often, I don't know if you've noticed this, but often these things almost kill us. We have a heart attack. 
we get really sick, we, we have a big accident, we fall asleep at the wheel because we've been working too hard, we're, we're working towards a goal that isn't actually aligned with who we are. And you know that because it feels like you're suffering. Because you feel like you're suffering, right? Are you full of love and joy every day? If not, let go of your plan, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's you, the things we're that. suffering over are usually way in the past or they're in the future. Or there's something we have to have that we're trying to hold on to right now. And that's like, I could imagine that this time could be hard if you were holding on to you have to have a house, you have to live in the city, you have to, you know, if you were holding on, that's also, it's like, if I don't mind what happens, I'm going to start asking questions. I'm going to get creative. I'm going to wonder. I'm going to bring my friends in. I'm going to say, I don't know the answer to this. Do you guys have any insight? You know, and and so there's such a place of what Krista was saying, play the joy that comes with the freedom of not having to own absolutely everything you think you have to own. Who has the most peace and joy on the planet right now? Maybe the Dalai Lama, right? (laughs) What does he own, actually? He doesn't even have a country. He's not even from anywhere. He lives by the kindness of others in the world where he is honored and respected as a revered holy man in our time. Is your plan bigger than that? <laughs> My plan's not bigger than that. So if that's where spirit wants to lead me, I want to follow that plan. Hey, maybe this is important though too. But make a fun plan. If your plan isn't well, what about fun, your plan is to have fun and then you don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> right? Well, I'm just saying set your intention to like, don't make a plan that's like, well, I gotta do that, and I must do that, and I can, you know. And it, yeah. if it's not bringing any lightness to you, or excitement, or passion, or creativity, it's probably not, you know, a plan, plan. that's God inspired. You know, that's an ego inspired plan. So, I think that's a really great distinction here. Of yeah. Like, yes, make a plan, make the plan with God, which means it's going to be full of. Fun and beauty and joy love, and creation, love and joy, and... hope, all those type of things. Not without challenges, and, but full of those things. Right. And it's, and it feels like when you're making the plan, you feel excited making the plan. Then you know you're on the right path because you're on God's path, as opposed to the other plans that feel like drudgery or sacrifice or burden. Now, let's talk about something else. I just had a flash. Okay. What if you are in a situation where you're actually outside of the ability to make a choice? So it's working in a slightly backwards. So you're in a, well, the only thing that's coming to mind right now, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm in jail? Yes, that that's exactly what I mean. Oh, I, really? Okay, so let me take it to jail. Okay? okay. I was actually thinking concentration camp. Yeah, I was thinking that story we heard of that man back in school. Right. So Victor Frankel. Okay. Who made this choice that no matter where he was, his plan was to participate with love, to participate with the highest level of who he could be on this planet, and then find out how that would affect his experience. And of course, it made a huge difference. So, that is a way in which he but what's was his ne- story? Can you give them a little bit more? So he was on so he was in a concentration camp. He was a Jewish man who was in a concentration camp, and every day he set out to help 
to provide, to make the experience better for himself and for others in any way. So he, he connected with people. He had his heart open. He, he didn't rule out that the guards were good people or bad people. He didn't make decisions about all of that. He simply went for the best day and the best experience that he could create from from loving the highest self that he was. And he had a massive experience of, first of all, surviving it, which was not a lot of people's experience. And second of all, surviving it as someone who brought value, who brought love, who brought care. So this was his intention, was to make this a more valuable experience by his intention, right? So he found meaning. It's called Man's Search for Meaning is the book he wrote. And he found meaning in the experience by participating in it fully at outside of his ability to choose it. He had no ability to choose or not choose. So this is the flip side of what we're talking about. Sometimes you do get stuck in a situation where you're like, rather not be here. <laughs> How are you going to be with that? Can you let go of your opinion that you're stuck somewhere? And can you use it to lift the spirits of those around you to become joy, to become the fullness of the message of love on this planet, even if it's a concentration camp? Give your brain something to do and let go of what you think you should be what you should have or do. And as people say, these things always pass. Viktor Frankl was released from the concentration camp. He had a full career. He was respected, honored, revered throughout the world and still is because of his ability to deal with letting go inside a situation that he certainly didn't want to be in. But by making it following the footsteps of what was supposed to be for him. this If this was for him, how was he going to interact in a way to make it valuable and meaningful for himself and everyone else? That's the flip side. So I, uh, I just think that in some ways that that's a great way to go into the holiday season. So you do or you don't get to see your family can be just as good or just as bad, <laughs> depending on who you are. If you have well, to go. Depending on which way your brain chooses. And, and again, it's all a choice. In, you know, hearing the doomsday of December 15th, I had a choice. I can spend the next two or three weeks, if this is what's going to happen, crying and sad and, oh, and building the story, or I can just shift as quickly as possible into the joy and be like, well, if this is what we've got, I'm going to make two weeks of complete fun. Let's live it up. Like, let's let's not have each other's, you know, last memory of ourselves be like crying and fighting. Like, let's just enjoy it and, you know, see on the flip side. Absolutely. So, wherever you find yourself this holiday season into 2021, as we are seriously unable to predict what's coming in any form. And depending on where you are in the world, yours will look different, even if we could predict ours. So what we're suggesting is possibly the best way to be able to be with whatever is happening is to have your intention be to find the meaning and make the best of every situation you're presented with. Make a plan but hold Make a it fun plan and hold it loosely <laughs> so that you can have a beautiful and full and intimate and connected holiday season and into 2021. What do you think? Are you up for it? I'm up for it. Good. I'm doing it. Me too. 
All right. Sending out our love to all of you. And as we always say, spread Spread the the love. love.